Hello listeners. You need to know right here at the beginning of this episode that there isn't going to be any kind of a unifying overarching theme in this week's offering. There isn't going to be something that carries over from one segment to the next. I have decided that this week is going to be a bit different in that regard, where I'm just going to offer up a few bite-sized morsels, if you will. Rather than a half hour, give or takes, worth of thoughts on one particular issue, I instead want to talk about one thing, and then talk about a second thing, and then talk about a third thing. A, a hodgepodge sort of episode, I guess. And there, there's no particular reason for it. I just have a couple of different things on my mind this week. And so this is what you're going to get in this installment so first up, I have been dealing with a hurt shoulder for a little over a week now. You have heard me, if you are a faithful listener, you've heard me talk about my time with martial arts in past episodes or in past blog posts, either on my current blog or on the one that I used to write on. And finally, my involvement caught up to me. Now, this is not the first time that I have been injured over the course of the past four, four and a half years or so that, that I've been involved with karate. But this is the one that finally got me to pause and to think and to assess what I need to do to feel healthy, to finally feel no more pain. I'll give you the Cliff Notes version of what happened. I was helping with belt testing this past month. This is the time where... People who have completed all of their requirements to earn their next belt rank come together and they go through everything that they know and everything that they have learned up to that point in order to finally and fully receive and earn their next belt and they need helpers for that people to attack them and and they respond with the self-defense techniques that they know well i was helping that night and i went to to attack a person uh, in a particular way and he responded in the way that he was meant to but he did it with maybe a little too much enthusiasm and it's been pointed out that maybe I could have protected myself a little bit better knowing what was coming and so on but nevertheless my shoulder I could hear it and people who were close by could hear two or three 
pops in my shoulder and arm. And a doctor's visit a few days later confirmed that I now have tendinitis in my shoulder. Now again, this is not the first time something like this has happened. It, it's kind of par for the course. You, A certain amount of you expects something like this to happen at some point. And I, I can recall past injuries that have happened as part of this, but, but I'll focus on this one. After, after so many, this is the one that finally got me to stop and think, I don't, I'm not going to rush back from this. I'm not going to rush back to classes in the next week and, and push through and pretend it doesn't bother me as much as it does. And and I, I need to fulfill the goals that I have in this medium. And, and so here I go. I'm just going to I'm just going to keep going. No, this was the fun, the one that finally has told me, you know, you need to stop and you need to care for yourself a little more than you have before. No matter how much this sets you back in terms of your karate goals, no matter how much this may hurt your pride to admit that you need this kind of help or healing and so I've learned several things because of this recent injury. Again, first one is I have learned to slow down and to take stock, which I am doing. The second thing is to let go of any preconceived notion that I had that my goals will be fulfilled within a certain time frame no matter what and that I need to stick to that time frame and to that schedule that 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 this whole thing nothing is nothing is linear like that nothing is perfectly set up the way that you wish it to be and so you need to loosen your grip on that kind of a notion a little or perhaps a lot and the final thing is actually something I've known already. That being that your body will tell you that it's too much. Your body will tell you when you are overwhelmed. Not just physically, but mentally, emotionally, spiritually. I've written on this before. And there's an entire podcast to be devoted to this notion. But I, my body has been telling me for a while that it's gotten to be too much. Not just because of karate, but also because of the past two years, but also because of things that have happened before this pandemic began. Your body bears the load, your body keeps the score, and your body will tell you when enough is enough, and eventually it will make you listen. That's my first thought for this episode. I've got a few more, so bear with me in this hodgepodge of thoughts. 
Welcome to the Coffee House Contemplative Podcast. Last week's episode was all about the gloriousness of being a geek. And I I talked a bit about my recent experience at Cleveland Fan Fest, which was Comic-Con, except don't you dare call it Comic-Con or we'll sue you. And I, I, I talked about all, all that I saw and and the the actors that I interacted with while I was there and I wanted I had a few more thoughts that that have come to me since then it's it's a it's been a case of oh man I, I could have talked about this and I could have talked about this and this and this but it, it didn't occur to me while I was writing out the layout for that episode, while I was formulating my thoughts. And, and so now I'm going to make up for it. Now I'm going to share what has popped into my head since recording that episode last week. So here goes. First off, I want to talk about the word geek. I want to talk about this word, and I want to say that there is no shame in being a geek. There is no shame in considering yourself a geek. Because you can be a geek about a lot of different things. The definition of geek, the notion of being a geek, is simply that you are really into and you are passionate about a particular thing. So not only can you be a geek about comic books or about movies or about music, you can be a geek about religion or theology. You can be a geek about cars, whether it's fixing them, or, or just admiring them, or thinking about what different models and makes were at particular times. You can be a history geek. We really need history geeks nowadays. Do not be ashamed if you consider yourself a history geek. You can be a geek about crocheting, or cross-stitch, or knitting. I have several of these types of geeks in my life, and I am grateful for them. I will never get into the, those things the way that they do, but I can still appreciate that they do what they do, and I can appreciate their geekery about that particular thing. So you can be a geek. You can be passionate about any number of things 
And there is no reason to feel shame about that level of passion. There is no shame in feeling so strongly and being so into that particular thing. We are socialized in school. Now, you know what? I'll take a step back. This is mainly my experience, but I think that it's it's a fairly common experience. We are socialized in during our school years that the only thing you're really allowed to be geeky about in order to be considered in is sports. Guess what? If you're really into sports, you are a sports geek. So sit with that for a while. Yes, you can be a geek about a lot of different things. And there is nothing to be ashamed about when it comes to being a geek. That's the first thing. That's the first stray thought that I have had since last week's episode. The second stray thought that I have had is I, I want to I want to drill down a little bit. I, I talked a bit last week about how we find ourselves and how we make meaning out of and with the help of popular culture. And I want to talk a little bit more about that, how that happens. I want to start with, let's, let's call it an interaction. That's, that's putting it kindly. A couple of years ago on Twitter, I posted something after the news broke that the live-action Little Mermaid, when whenever Disney gets around to that one, will be played by a black actress. And I said something on Twitter about that. And that particular tweet that I wrote traveled around the world multiple times. It's one of my most viral tweets that I have ever made. And I don't necessarily consider that an honor because going viral definitely has its downsides and I experienced that downside in full. But there was one particular person who decided to interact with this tweet and we got to talking a little bit about Marvel movies. And he, it was a he, it was a white man, was going on and on about how the movie Black Panther was pandering. Why was the movie, why did this white person consider the movie Black Panther to be pandering? It's because he was not able to see his white experience reflected in this movie. It did not center his experience as a white person. And I talked about the importance of representation and about how finally black children 
had a superhero that looked like them on the big screen, and he could not fathom this. He could not accept this. No, it, it, was, it was just pandering, and that was the beginning and the end for him, even though he has had so many white superheroes that he is able to identify with. Popular culture gives us the opportunity to see ourselves. And there are many of those that where many of those where white people are able to see themselves, but there are also others where people of other races, people of other sexualities, people of other religions are able to see themselves as well. And the overall point that I want to make here is simply about the things that we are able to see ourselves in. That, that is how popular culture helps us make meaning. When we see something of ourselves reflected back to us. And this isn't just movies. It's also music is a big one when we hear a snippet of our experience in a lyric or maybe you can you can name a particular time and place some sort of formative experience and you can remember the song that was playing during that experience i was listening to a podcast recently where someone was interviewing a young musician and she had written a song called I Hate the Beatles. And the reason that she had written this song was because she associates the Beatles with some of the worst experiences of her life and some of the most damaging relationships in her life and so so she named that in the song and and she even said that you know after i wrote this song as soon as i was done writing this song i listened to the beatles nonstop. after that there, there was something redemptive in writing about that for her so so we hear ourselves, we see ourselves in these different forms of media. We, we see something of our own experience reflected back to us, or we see something that helps us make sense of our experience. And we latch onto it, we grab it, we don't want to let it go, because finally we have experienced clarity. Whether it is finally seeing someone who looks like us in a major movie, or we hear something about ourselves in a song, then being a geek applies to us. Then pop culture has helped us make meaning.
because we have finally seen ourselves and heard ourselves in it. And becoming a geek comes when we want more, when we pursue more. Being a geek is a good thing. The day that this episode is being released in the United States is on Mother's Day. The second day, or the second Sunday of May, every year. Now, I want to come at this from the experience and the mindset of a preacher. I was a regular preacher for 15 years, and of course I was a seminary student before that, and I just want to name that Mother's Day for a preacher is or can be a very delicate, a somewhat intimidating and a rather frustrating experience, both in the preparation and in the execution and in the aftermath. I did not realize this growing up. When I was growing up, of course, my experience, I, I, was, I was a preacher's kid, so I was in the pews every week, without fail, and that included a number of Mother's Days over those formative years. And I can recall those Mother's Days being times uh, that included a, a celebration of mothers. And one one memory that stands out to me was there there was one mother's day where there were ushers that came up and down the rows of pews and they had flowers i think they were carnations i could be wrong this was a long time ago and they would pass out these flowers to everyone who was a mother. So a celebration of mothers. It wasn't until my final year of seminary that I realized how much more complex Mother's Day really is. I was a third year, like I said, a third year seminary student. I was the low person on the totem pole in that field placement. I was in a church that 
had multiple ministry staff and and a handful of other staff members and and being that I was the low person on the totem pole I got some of the less desirable preaching opportunities let's say again being trying to be kind here so when mother's day was getting near the other ministry staff looked at me and said we're going to make you do this one and i i still wasn't totally clear as to why they they thought that this was just a dreadful experience but but then it finally was explained to me and it finally dawned on me through my own reflection and that simply is that mother's day is not a universally joyful day there are those who celebrate motherhood in one way or another but there are also many for whom Mother's Day is a painful reminder of perhaps what used to be but is no longer or what has been hoped for but never came to pass so for those who celebrate motherhood who celebrate being a mother who celebrate their own mothers there are also many who had painful experiences with their mothers who have had estranged relationships with their mothers there are mothers who have estranged relationships with their sons and daughters there are those who were never able to be mothers as much as they wanted to be there are those who simply never knew their mothers there are those who have lost their mothers there are mothers who have lost children there are so many different iterations of how painful this day can feel for people and my third year in seminary was my first clear iteration my first clear realization of this fact and for every year that I was entrusted with the sacred task of walking into the pulpit on Mother's Day to speak a word into all of these complicated emotions and experiences I found that task to be daunting it was a task that I always that that I didn't always want to do but it was one that I always tried to approach with care and with sensitivity so maybe you had a joyful Mother's Day or maybe you are one for whom Mother's Day brings pain
and feelings of loss or disappointment or trauma. For those in the former group, I wish you joy. For those in the latter group, I wish you peace. Whatever this day means for you, I hope that you received what you need the most. Thank you for listening to the Coffeehouse Contemplative Podcast. I'm Jeff Nelson. You can find more about my writing, including my five books at jeffreyanelson.com. You can also find me on social media, facebook.com slash revjeffnelson. And I'm at boldroastrev on both Twitter and Instagram. Have a great day.